The following sermon was preached at Tower View Baptist Church. We are a gospel-centered, relationship-driven church that exists to know, grow in, share, and serve Jesus Christ. We do all this for the glory of God. For more about us, please check out our website at www.towerviewkc.com. Okay, I think this is on. It always gives me a false start warning here. So good morning, Tower View Baptist Church. Good morning, all who are listening, whether you're with Tower View Baptist Church or not. I'm Associate Pastor uh, Nelson. I'm with Tower View Baptist Church in Kansas City, Missouri. If you want to find out more about us, you can check out our website at towerviewkc.com. You can call or text our phone line at 816-368-1330. You, um, you can check out our Facebook page at Tower View Baptist Church. If you're watching this live, that's where you're at right now. And so there's plenty of, plenty of ways you can find out about us and what we're doing. This morning we're continuing our Sunday School lesson. And we are still, we are, last week we began a new series where we're going through the book of Proverbs. Last week we were in Proverbs chapter 1. This week we are going to skip over to chapter 3 as we go through the uh, Lifeway lesson plan where they don't go, they go through the book. So, you know, we don't study each verse in this, in the class though. But I encourage you to read all the verses, read all the chapters, whether we study them in class or not. That is hugely important. One thing that I notice when we study scripture is that we do it so piecemeal. Um, I know growing up in churches, you know, you never knew where the pastor's sermon was coming from. It could be from Matthew one week and Ephesians the next and Second Samuel the next, and it just it just skipped around. And many devotional books, if you get one of those little devotional pamphlets. Verses from week from day to day come from different parts of the Bible, and you only may read one or two verses each day. And you don't get any context, you don't get any continuity, and so we get really distracted in where we are in the Scripture, and we get, well, I don't understand what's going on. And so I want to encourage you to read whole books of the Bible at a time, and read more than one or two verses at a time. Read... Many uh, translations today put group things into paragraphs now. So at least read a paragraph, if not a chapter a day. Uh, chapters aren't, there's no magical number about chapter markers because those were added by people only a few hundred years ago. Um, they weren't, the authors didn't make chapters. The only book that came naturally in chapters is, is Psalms because each Psalm is separate. Uh, but the rest of the Bible was not written in chapters. It was just one big uh, group of texts. And so people have taken where those what they thought were the natural divisions and, and made chapter numbers and verse numbers. And not everybody agrees with those are the natural places, but that's okay. But they're good places. So you can read more than one verse at a time. And so last week we looked at Psalms chapter... Psalms... Proverbs chapter 1, and um, this morning we're going to be in Proverbs chapter 3. So let's start with a word of prayer. 
Lord God, we just thank you and praise you for all that you do. Help us as we study your word this morning, that we can be your faithful servants. Help me as I study, as I, as I read this text and, and try to explain it, that it'll be your words and not mine. That I'll be faithful to the text and to your, to your word. Open our hearts, open our minds as we read this to things that we need to change about ourselves. Whether it's change for the first time and accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, or those of us who have been Christians for many years, change something about us that has never changed before. Or change something again that we've changed before and we lost it, and we need to find it again. So help us to change for you. Guide us with your Holy Spirit, and we just pray this in your holy and precious name. Amen. So, good morning all that are watching. I see Judy's on. I see Darren's on. I know others are on or will be coming on as we go through this. Um, so thank you for that. Um, as I watch this, I can't, unless you comment, I can't see who's watching. So I can't spy on you and know if you're watching or not. But in Proverbs chapter 3, and let's start reading there. Uh, in Proverbs chapter 3, it says, My son, do not forget my teaching. Do but let your heart keep my commands, for they will bring you many days a bring you many days a full life and well-being. Never let loyalty and faithfulness leave you. Tie them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will find favor with and high regard with God and people. So as we begin this, it says, "My son," and so that's a reminder who was writing this and who he is writing to. It's like, who, who is my son? Well, go, you, you have to remember, go back to Proverbs 1.1. It says, who wrote this? It says, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. And he, and he goes on in the first few verses for learning and wisdom and discipline. So, he, King Solomon is writing this and he says, for my son. And last week we looked at it at, at verse 1.8. And he says, listen, my son, to your father's instruction and don't reject your mother's teaching. So this is Solomon writing this, but he's also, remember that he's also talking about, you know, fathers and mothers teaching their children, teaching their sons and their daughters. Yes, here he only says son. That was more or less the convention of the day. It's not that daughters don't deserve to be taught. They do. And so this is for sons and daughters. When you look at the beginning of chapter 2, it also says, My son. So it's a repeated phrase that we're going to see throughout the first nine chapters of Proverbs. He is talking to my son. He's saying, I'm teaching you. This is my personal teaching to you, child. And so this is a teaching that we need to teach to our children. Whether it's your physical children, whether it's your grandchildren, whether it's the children in your classes. So this morning I am teaching from our children's area here at Tower View. You can see we're in the children's area, there's toys. Uh, it's hard to tell from here. So my, my choice is when deciding to teach from here is either I'm standing up or I had to sit at a very low table and I'm standing up. So we need to teach our children and so we need to learn but you can't teach something you haven't learned yourself if you haven't learned these principles how can you teach them so first you must learn them you must read them and you must understand them 
and you must practice them so that you can teach them to your children and to your grandchildren and to your nieces and nephews and the children of your church and your neighbor's children and whoever other children are around. Some of you are foster parents, so you need to teach them to your foster children or your adopted children. You need to teach them. And they need to be a principal. Some of you are school teachers. And if you're in the public school, you can't teach them directly, but you can teach a lot many of these principles. You can have these principles to heart so that as you're teaching, you, you are teaching them just by your example and by the type of words you use and how you treat people. So there are many ways to teach these things, but first you must learn them. So he says, my son, don't forget my teaching but let your heart keep my commands so there's that couplet there's those two lines that are working together don't forget my teaching and, and let your heart keep my commands. so there's a negative and there's a positive but they're both saying the same thing but as these couplets go together this is a part of a bigger couplet verses one and two go together so verse one is a sense is the first line of the couplet and verse two for they will bring you many days a full life and well-being. And so, verse 1 is, here's what you need to do. And verse 2 is, here is why you need to do it. So those two verses go together with a thought. So this is, po like I said, this is poetry. So you have to find those places where the poetry is going together. And now verse, chapters 1 through 9 of Proverbs there are more flows of thought, bigger flows of thought, where you, after you get chapter 10, most of the time the flows of thought are very short. And the ver one verse doesn't seem to go with the next verse. But in these first nine chapters of Proverbs, there's big flows of thought. So if you're only reading one or two verses, you're missing a bigger picture some, most of the time. So you need, even if you're only teaching from one or two verses, you need to understand the big context of the, of the, uh, of the section that you're reading. So the motivation that will bring you many days of full life and well-being that doesn't mean you'll be healthy and wealthy, but it means you'll be satisfied with life. You won't get yourself in unnecessary trouble. And that's your motivation for doing this. Verse 3 as we continue on. Never let loyalty and faithfulness leave you. Tie them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Once again, we're talking poetry. So, and I didn't read verse 4. Let me read verse 4. Then you will find favor and high regard with God and people. Never let loyalty and faithfulness leave you. you it's not that you... How do you do that? How do you not, not let them leave you? Well, there's two ways. One, you hang around people who are loyal and faithful. But two, you must be loyal and faithful. Even when those around you are not. And that's the trick sometimes. How do you tie how important is this? It's as important as the necklace that you wear. If you wear something around your neck, you pick that out. You don't just wear any random thing. You pick things that have meaning to you because of who gave them to you or the words they say or the symbol that they mean. It means something to you. You don't wear meaningless jewelry around your neck, men or women. So what you put around your neck matters. And then he says, write them on the tablet of your heart. 
Well, does that mean you get a tattoo? No. You can if you want to. But no, it's poetic language. It needs to be in your inner being. You read in Deuteronomy, it says, you know, take the words of these words of God and, and tie them around your forehead and around your arm. And some Jews actually literally do that. But around your forehead, put it in your brain. Around your arm, it should be about everything that you do every day. It's the word of God. And here is more poetic language. You're putting them around your neck. You're writing them inside your heart. So they have to be embedded in everything that you do, everything that you believe. Everything that you say, everything that you think should be about the words of God. And that begins, and one of the ways you see that in somebody's life is through their loyalty to God and to their brothers and sisters in Christ and to their family and to their faithfulness to God. He says, how do I know this is faithfulness to God? Because I'm not stopping and only reading these verses. I'm going to keep reading and we're going to see it's about God. We know it's about God because in one eight, I'm sorry, in verse, chapter 1, verse 7, it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And so he sets up this whole book, even though I said Proverbs is about human relationships. It's horizontal. But in, chapter, in verses 1-7, and, in, and, and as we see in this chapter, it begins with a vertical relationship with God. You can't be treated others right unless, you're treated, unless you were in right relationship with God. And if you, if you keep that loyalty, if you keep that faithfulness to God and to others, in verse 4, then... You will find favor, high regard with God and people. Now, not everybody loves God. So if you follow God, some people are going to hate you because of that. And that's okay. But you'll be in high regard with godly people. And you'll be in high regard with God. And that's eternally, that's what matters. Our earth relationships are temporary. Those of you who know me, your relationship with me is temporary. One day... One of us is going to die first. I don't know who. And our earthly relationship will cease to exist. People move across country. And it, while it's easy, to, it, seemingly easy to keep in touch, sometimes we don't. I'm not very good at doing that. That is not one of my uh, strengths. But with God, that's the eternal one. That's the one that matters. That's the one who you want to please. It's God. You don't need to be a people pleaser. You need to be a God pleaser. And then in verse 5, this is how I know it's about God. Trust, the, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not rely on your own understanding. In all your ways know Him, and He will make your path straight. And so he's saying all this loyalty and faithfulness, those are good things that we need to have with each other. But it begins with God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. He said, write it on the tablets of your heart. Well, that heart needs to be trusting in God every day. You need to trust in God as you wash your hands. You need to trust in God when you put your seatbelt on. So we don't need to do foolish stuff, but we still need to trust in God no matter the results. Because even if you wash your hands, and do all the safe practices, you can still get sick. Whether it's COVID or the flu or something else. 
You can wear your seatbelt and follow all the rules of the road and do everything right and still get in a car crash. Why? Because there are other people out there. But that doesn't mean you... Just because you get sick doesn't mean God has failed you. Just because you get sick doesn't mean you didn't trust in God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. That's where we come into the confusion. We think, well, I got sick. I didn't trust in God. It's all my fault. That's relying on your own understanding. Why? These verses are going together. Look at verse 6. In all your ways know him, and he will make your paths straight. Here in Missouri, it's easy to see what straight paths look like. As Missouri took a lot of two-lane highways and made them four-lane highways, when they did that, they didn't rebuild the old roads. So as you go down, you'll see one side going one direction is a new highway. And you can tell it's the new highway because they flattened the hills. They took off the tops of the hills and they filled in the valleys. And so as you drive, it's a relatively flat drive. They, not so steep. If you drive on the other side where the old road was that they built many decades ago, where they did not flatten the hills, you're going up and down, up and down, and you're getting seasick. Which is the only way you can get seasick in Missouri. There's no, there's no seas to get seasick on. But you can see that where the one road is above the other highway, then it's below the other highway. It's above the other highway, it's below the other highway. And so you can, there's multiple places I've seen that in Missouri. And maybe there are places where you've seen that in your part of the world. You can see that when they build a new highway and you see a sign that says old whatever, old highway number. And the new highway is straight and doesn't have as many curves. That is straightening the paths. And when you follow God, when you trust in the Lord, he takes a lot of the kinks in the roads of your life out. It doesn't mean you don't go, never go through a valley, and it doesn't mean you never go over a mountaintop. But the roads getting to those places are much easier. And when you follow God, when you trust God, you keep from making foolish decisions that make your life miserable. That's just a fact of life. God has these rules. We call, well, some of the rules are called the Ten Commandments. And we have these rules. And if you follow them, your life will be much easier. One of the Ten Commandments says, Thou shalt not steal. If you don't steal, there's the, probably the police won't arrest you for stealing. No guarantee of that. You can always be falsely charged. But probably you won't. You won't be stopped at the store exit for shoplifting because you didn't shoplift. And you can say, here's, here's everything I bought. And they go, okay, and you, and you walk out. And so, that's, we, we do these things. And you follow God's command. You trust in the Lord. That means trust His commandments and do things His ways. You follow the Ten Commandments. You follow the other commands that Jesus gave. And your, path, your life will be easier. Easier. Not easy. It's like a tornado shelter in a house. And they say, go find the safest room in your house. But if it's a big tornado and it hits your house directly, there is no safe room in your house. 
But if it's a not a big tornado and it's not a direct hit, those those safe rooms help and they can save your life. And so one, we know we're not getting out of this life alive. And this is a sinful world. There were and because of it, we see in Genesis, this world is cursed. So bad things are going to happen in this world, no matter what you do. But you can keep some of them from happening by following God. Trust in the Lord. And He will make, not you will make your path straight. He will make the path straight. That's what matters. He will make the path straight. Don't be wise. In verse 7, don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then, then there will be, I'm sorry, this will be healing for your body and strengthening for your bones. So he just said in verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And then in verse 7 he says, don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord, turn away from evil. So don't be wise. What does it mean to be, don't be wise in your own eyes? Well, he says that in the next line, fear the Lord. And turn away from evil. Just because it's legal doesn't mean it's right. Our laws are made by fallen people. And so there are many things in this world that are legal, but they're not right. Adultery is legal. Okay? There's, maybe it was against the law at one point in time, but it's not now. As a married person, you can have sex with somebody that's not your married, that's not your spouse. That's legal. Nobody's going to arrest you for that. That doesn't make it right. There are many things in this world that are that way. I don't have to treat every person nicely. I can cuss out anybody I want to. That's not illegal. But that doesn't make it right. Trust in the Lord. I can I can hate anybody I want. That doesn't make it right. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Why? Because He is the final judge. He is the final judge. So you need to fear the Lord. Why? Verse 8 gives you the why. If you fear the Lord, you do what He says, you turn away from evil, this will be healing for your body, strengthening for your bones. Life is more pleasant that way. You just look out in the world and you see people who are not living for God and you see their life is miserable. But they don't know any other way. They're comfortable in it because they don't have any other understanding of it. There are places in this world where some of the poorest people in the world become Christians. And because they become Christians, they don't spend their money foolishly anymore. And it looks like they have more money. It looks like they're getting wealthier. They're still dirt poor, but they're less poor. And their neighbors who aren't following Christ see that, and they assume it's the Christian missionaries that are paying them, that they're getting more money. And it's like, no. They are just spending their money wisely. And it, and it shows in, in, in how they can live. Because they're not being foolish with their money. And you can be foolish with your money. You can be foolish with your attitude. You can be foolish with your tongue and what your words you say. And if you learn how not to be foolish and trust in the Lord and fear the Lord and turn away from evil, your tongue won't get you in trouble as much. Because you're speaking godly words and not foolish evil words.
And so this section, it continues in verse 9. Honor the Lord. So there's a lot about the Lord here in this section. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with your first produce and with your entire harvest. Then the barns will be completely filled and your vats will overflow with new wine. Honor the Lord. There it is, the God thing again. With your possessions. So what is he talking about here? He's talking about you're honoring God with loyalty and faithfulness, honoring God with all your heart. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Now he says here, honor the Lord with your possessions, with your stuff. How do you honor God with your television, with your computer? How do you honor God with your car, your vehicle that you drive? How do you honor God with your income? Here, he mentions income in the second part of verse with the first produce of your entire harvest. Okay, that was his, their income at the time was harvest time because most people were farmers or worked around the farming industries. If there was a drought, they didn't eat. People starved. Um, our world today in America, we can get food from all over the world. So if there's a drought in one place, we can get food from another. He says, honor God with your stuff, with your income, with the first produce. And so at harvest time, that first batch of whatever you're, you're, you planted needs to be honored and given to God. And, and through Leviticus and Deuteronomy, we see that they talk about that, honoring God with your first fruit and giving the first part of the, to God. And so we need to do that. How do we do that with our income? Most of us aren't farmers. Even if you are a farmer, it's still about the cash part of it. And so how do we do that? How do you do that? You know, in today's world, we do it with tithes and offerings to our church. That's the only place to give it to God. There are a few godly charities out there. But God calls us, it begins at the local church. And even our church with the income that we get through your tithes and offerings that you give us, we give back to others. We give back to the Southern Baptist Cooperative Program. We give to a few missionaries that have been sent out from our church. And so we, we give back out. We give some of that money back out through our benevolence program. And so we, we, we even as a church, we do that. But how do you do that? You need to figure that out. That you give back. Why? Verse 10. Then your barns will be completely filled and your vats will overflow with new wine. And if I was a TV preacher, I guess I sort of am at the moment, um, I would say, you need to give me money so you'll be rich. Because God said he's going to bless you overflowing and you'll have all kinds of wealth and money. No. You'll be satisfied. You'll have what you need. You'll have transportation. It may not be your choice of transportation, but you'll have transportation. You'll have something to eat. It may not be filet mignon. Maybe it's just rice and hamburger. But you'll have something to eat. You'll be satisfied. But it's, it's also showing that you are wise with your money. When you are wise with your money... You're not wasting it on frivolous things, and it'll go farther. 
in our household when we get paid that's one of the first things that's in the budget is okay how much is the tithe check and we give that immediately verse 11 do not despise the Lord's instruction my son and do not loathe his discipline for the Lord disciplines the one he loves just as a father disciplines the son in whom he delights so now we're still God, but he, he starts putting it into the relational, the horizontal. Don't despise God's instructions. Don't loathe his discipline. And he's equating the two. He's saying the same thing twice. He's saying God's instructions is discipline. What's discipline? Well, in, in, when we were thinking as a parent, and discipline is we're correcting our child when they do something wrong. Putting them in timeout, grounding them from something for a time. Um, in times past, and maybe you still do spanking. Whatever. I mean, there, there, we think of that negative discipline. As an adult, how do we get discipline? Well, you get a speeding ticket. That's discipline. You didn't follow the rules of the road. You didn't stop at a stop sign. You get a ticket. You get in a car crash because you didn't follow the rules of the road. And, and you ran a stop sign and you hit somebody. Um, your boss gives you a bad review because you you didn't do the work the way you're supposed to. Ultimately, you could get fired for not doing the work the way you're supposed to. You don't follow the rules. Those are we think of those negative disciplines. But there's the positive disciplines that you learn. Make your bed every day. Do your you know being taught how to do laundry, being taught how to cook and to clean. Personal hygiene, those are positive disciplines. In the church, we talk about the discipline of reading scripture every day, of praying, of coming to worship. Those are positive disciplines. You teach your children. And so God's disciplines, some are positive, some are negative. Some of them are a direct result. And there, there's direct results of different things that you do. You never attend church, so the church says you must not be a member anymore. When you remove your membership, that's discipline. Sometimes the discipline is somebody just comes down and sits beside you and says, "How's life?" I've noticed you've been doing this. You've been doing this thing. Why? What's the reason you're doing that? And you sit down and come alongside you and help you steer your life. And so discipline is not always negative, but we see back in verse chapter 1, verse 7, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and discipline. So if you don't like the discipline of God, Scripture calls you a fool. You were not wise. You were a fool. And throughout Proverbs, being foolish is, a, is equal to being evil. Being foolish is, is against God. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves. The same way with parents. You disciplines the one you love. And you've seen it growing up. You saw the kids that could do whatever they wanted. Then as you grew up, you realize they can do whatever they want because their parents didn't care at all. They didn't give a rip about their kids. And they didn't discipline their kids. They didn't teach them positive traits. They didn't teach them any negative traits. They didn't, they didn't correct them when they were wrong. Unless they did something against the parents. 
But they also didn't teach him positive things to do. They didn't teach him how to apologize. They didn't teach him how to treat people nicely. They didn't teach him how to wash dishes and take care of themselves. They just let him do whatever they wanted. They didn't teach him the value of a curfew. So, wisdom begins with God, as we see in these verses. And, and that's what Solomon wants to teach. He says, my son, don't forget these things. Don't forget the teachings. Keep them in your heart. He mentions that multiple times. Keep them in your heart. Tie them around your neck. Write them on the tablets of your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. Fear the Lord. Turn away from evil. Honor the Lord with your possessions. Don't despise the Lord's instructions. These all go together. This is a whole passage. And the rest of this chapter continues with that passage. And we're going to look at some more of that later. Next week. In verse 12 it says, Happy is the man who finds wisdom, who acquires understanding. And as you read through this, you see there's two personifications as you continue reading through Proverbs. And that's wisdom and foolishness. And they're both described as women. And, and, and the, wis, the wise woman, the, wom, the woman of wisdom, is described as an incredible woman. And the foolish woman is described as a woman that is just bent on pulling you to the depths of hell. Everything that she does is evil. And she's pulling you away from God. And so, it, and it's a, it's, it's, this is poetry. It's a personification. And so, it, he just happens to describe them as women. And so as you read through that, realize when he says she and he's doing that, what is, who is she? Is, is, she? is she the woman of wisdom or is she the woman of folly? And we'll see that as we continue through chapters 1 through 9. So as you read this, look for the poetry. Look for how two lines or two verses go together, how they contrast from one another, or how they complement one another, how they bring the text together. They bring the ideas together. But realize as we read through this scripture, it's about God. You can't have a right relationship with other people if you're not in a right relationship with God. Because that drives everything about you. It, it drives your attitudes towards others. The words that you say. The things that you think. And that drives everything. So, continue to honor the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Not your own understanding. Turn away from evil. And that's the beginning of wisdom. Trust in the Lord. Fear the Lord. That is the beginning of wisdom. And if you reject that, you're rejecting God. And God called, and Scripture calls you a fool. You were undisciplined and you were foolish. So don't lean on your own understanding. We think wisdom is an earthly thing and foolishness is an earthly thing. We're foolish to trust that team. Our team was foolish to draft that player. No, we're not talking about that kind of stuff, whether that's wise or not wise. It's foolish not to change the oil in your car once in a while. No, we're talking about the eternal wisdom and eternal foolishness of living a life because of salvation in Jesus Christ. Living a life pointing to God when your source of life is God. 
And that's what Proverbs is all about as we continue to go through here. Let's have a word of prayer. Lord God, we just thank you and praise you for all that you do. Help us as we love as we read your scripture to love you. Show us wisdom, whether it's in Proverbs or Matthew or Genesis or Revelation or Habakkuk. Just help us to read it and to understand and give us wisdom as we read it. We may not understand everything, but help us understand the things that touch our heart and touch our mind and touch our lives so that we can write it on the tablets of our heart and not lean on our own understanding. You are the mighty God, and we just pray these things in Jesus Christ's holy name. Amen. Well, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Once again, I'm Pastor Nelson, Associate Pastor at Tower View Baptist Church in Kansas City, Missouri. You can check out our website at towerviewkc.com. If you're in Kansas City, you can stop by. Uh, at 10.30 this morning, we have our services. You can sit in your car and listen to the radio. It'll be over a, trans, uh, a small transmitter that broadcasts across our parking lot. You can sit in the grass at our church today. Um, if you bring a chair, um, you can sit in the shadow of a building. Um, I have a speaker on the north side. You can sit in the shadow of a, the shadow of a couple trees. Um, and so we've started opening up the inside of the church a little bit. But because of the limits of Kansas City, um, you had to sign up. So if you haven't signed up already, um, we, we ask you to stay in your car or stay outside. If you want to sign up for next week, um, you can message our church. Um, you can do through, through the places I've said at info at towerviewkc.com is, is our website or is our email, church email address. So, um, hope to see you and if you can't make it here or you don't feel safe to come here everything is online so obviously my lesson here is online uh, pastor darren's sermon will be online later this morning um, pastor craig has put the songs online and they'll be posted on our, our facebook page and our website later this morning with the with the lyrics there so even if you're in your car you can you can go to our website you can find the lyrics so you can sing along so thank you for watching thank you for listening God bless. Keep reading God's word. Keep honoring God and not trusting in your own understanding. Thank you and God bless.